You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man-to-man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Go right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe, and we have made it. It seems like the quickest journey we've had from the end of a regular season (laughs) to a spring game. But we're here, spring game on Saturday. DKR, be there. You can watch it on LHN. You can hear it on the horn. You can follow the action on Horns 24-7, or you can be there yourself if you want. Uh, what was it, 6 o'clock kick, 6.30? Yeah, they had moved the time, I believe. Mm, yeah, don't, don't ask me. You know what? Let me Do the old you. Mac Brown bit. Show up and wear orange and be loud. Well, he doesn't be there early anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get hammered. Yeah. I don't know what all that was yeah. back in the day. But be like, don't they have the jamboree and all that? Yeah. You Come be, early, be loud, get stay some, late. Get so, some Bevo sorry. Boulevard. It was branded well by Mac Brown. Yes. It's in, like, ingrained in your head. <laughs> you I'm saying that in jest, but thank you, Matt, for getting us back on track. No, yeah, so Saturday night spring game. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the spring game in terms of the format, and then obviously we'll get to the nuts and bolts of what uh, what we'll be watching, what we'll be looking forward to seeing on Saturday from the Longhorns. Uh, before we get into this week's presentation, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we just thank you so much for supporting Longhorn Blitz Anywhere you get your podcasts, search Horns 24-7, click that follow button, you get every episode of Longhorn Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays, and don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drive machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. Matt, I had to, I caught myself because, man, you've got your highlighters and charts, and, man, you're just ready to go today. Well, because, see, are you – are uh, you doing this is Longhorn Blitz research or fantasy research? Uh, getting or normal both. fantasy research okay. done <laughs> yeah. while I think he's multitasking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because multi-tasking. what threw me off is normally so I see Matt. Matt's got normally like green, pink, and like the neon yellow highlighters. Yeah, and then I see like a purple, and I'm like, what in the yeah. world could oh, the no. lavender be? He's in lavender means did not play. These are okay. series matchups. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. No, yeah, I see. I, I knew it was man. It's like a beautiful mind over there. You can quickly look down and see. <laughs> all right. Well, when Chris Paul was out, what did they do? Boom. I'm like, oh, Matt got a new color on the, the color-coded rainbow chart. I was like, mm-hmm. once you get in these Tri- series, tripped the wire in my it. brain. Uh, a man who he's uh, he's all about charts and maps and graphs and research and analyzing things and breaking it down. He could do it across a number of different sports, but for here, for the purposes of this show, he is our lockdown corner on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thank you for the intro, brother. I appreciate it as always. Not a problem. Uh, Rod, you yourself participated in uh, many a spring game during your time yes, on the 40. Yes, yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, the spring game, when I was young, I was like a freshman, maybe maybe my sophomore year. I remember my sophomore year, I didn't participate in spring game. I think I got hurt. I had a high ankle sprain that offseason, and I didn't participate in that spring game. But then by the time my junior year came around, I was not I was a starter already and established myself. So once it's almost weird when you become uh, like an established starter, the spring game takes on a different meaning. And as uh, John Adams once said about the, the vice presidential office, he said it is the, the most insignificant office ever devised by man. And the spring game essentially, when you become – 
an established starter, it is the most insignificant game ever devised by man. It just it means nothing. And My, now you're starting to see it across the country. Yeah. That coaches across the country, major programs, was like, all right, we're going to turn this into a damn sham. It's going to be a day. You know what I mean? It's just going to be some random show we're going to put on half practice, but then we'll just do offensive linemen playing wide receiver, crazy wild stuff, because it really doesn't mean anything. And we used to put this random, insignificant meaning on it, but it's not a real game. The truth is, like we said last week, like, like I brought up, it's the Alonzo Morning GIF in a nutshell, right? Of Alonzo Morning on the bench and. He's thinking about something. He's pondering something, and initially thinks to himself, "Oh man, this is this is really bad. This is really really bad." And then he thinks about it a little bit deeper and thinks to himself, "Actually, there's some that's a good side to this. This that's actually a good side to this. That's spring football. All right, it's always good news, bad news, and that's all your spring game. No matter how great it is, is a that's bad news to it too." By the way, Rob, how good can you feel about a spring game? You can't. That's one thing about it. You (laughs) can't. You're a winner and a loser in the same game. (laughs) No, you can really only lose. uh, Your last spring game at Texas, the 2002 spring games, first spring game I ever attended. Oh, there you go. Exactly. And to your point, I remember uh, it was made notice ahead of time. Uh, I was like, where are Chris Sims and Roy Williams? Oh, they're in street clothes. Oh, they are not uh, oh, see, they're, I not participating. I didn't, I didn't get that. Uh, oh, man. See, they, they disrespect I think me. Sims actually went through, like, the warm-ups and, like, actually didn't give Rod B that active. luxury. And that's how, but that's how, you know, the spring game wasn't a big deal, right? Because your spring game was, like, at noon, I think. Just, yeah, it was not yeah. a big deal. Like, I mean, it, the practices and all that. I think, spring is big I think Sims went through, like, the warm-ups but didn't actually do anything it beyond that. I doubt it said, it said B doing it. Roy Williams didn't even dress. Out. I don't remember Cedric Benson doing. Said B shouldn't have been much. doing a damn thing. Like Bijan, I, I, Bijan should get street clothes treatment. Yes, in the spring game. If I see Bijan take a carry in the spring game, <laughs> not gonna lie, I'm gonna be disappointed. Because there's really no reason for. It. Like no. what the hell? Why does he need to be out there? Yeah. Oh, put that no contact. No. Don't, don't no, even cut. Have him come out there, wave to the crowd. Have him be a guest referee. You know what I mean? I don't give a. I don't want to see Bijan taking carries. I don't need to see that. Have I him know how good talking he is. to fans. Or, <laughs> that's <laughs> the best thing. Shaking hands. Like I'm going to say, I'm sure he's going to go out there and do something. I'm going to say, I don't need to see it. Like, right. Why would you put him out there? Right. Um, on that point though. Got a little bit of intel, and I, Sark has a media availability on Thursday okay. to hook it more into this. I think Texas is going to follow the trend uh, in terms of what their spring game is going to be relative to where other spring games have gone in college football. Like you said, Rod, historically the spring game, coaches typically hate it. They do. Because it's just another room for guys to get injured. Mm-hmm. It's just for the fans. You don't want to show much because it's on TV. Yep. And usually you, get judged you, by you have a running clock in the second yep. half. And basically in a lot of senses – it almost feels like a wasted day, and especially now with what the with how the NCAA has cracked down, more so once you get into fall as opposed to spring. But with you having such a limited number of dates to have to the ground contact practices, you can't waste one of those. Nope. So, but I think you'll see Texas follow the trend that a lot of other a lot of other programs in the country have gone to. I don't know, like Arkansas for their spring game, they didn't even call it the spring game. They just basically said, our spring game, we're just going to have an open practice. There'll be some 11 on 11. Okay. But we're basically just having an open practice. I like that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's going to be more of what you see, my understanding is, for the Texas spring game on Saturday, which there will be some 11 on 11. There'll be some of that. But you'll also see they'll Situation. do some red zone, yeah. some goal line, probably some third down stuff. Okay. Uh, because I don't think Sark wants to waste a to-the-ground contact practice session. I'm I'm in for that. I really do. I mean, I mean, I think that'd be great. But some people won't enjoy it because they want a game format. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm a football theorist, so hell, I can That's watch practice. I'll actually gain more from practice than I would from your spring game. It format. really is that Alonzo Morning <laughs> gift, right? It really yeah. is. Like you say, oh, it's not going to be a, like a yeah. traditional game like you think. But you're actually, if you if you just love football and you want to really get a look at some of the guys further down to the depth chart, be a re- could be a really good look at it. Yeah, yeah. Give me some drills. Give me, yeah. Give I me think some I think that's more of a. It's re- it yeah. really reminds me. Uh, Tom Herman did this his first spring, the 2017 spring game, and it was to the point where they did some 11 on 11. I don't remember if they had a clock or not. They did some 11 on 11. Then it's like they did a couple red zone periods and a third down period, mm-hmm. a goal line period, period yeah. to the point where by the end you're like, dude, they've been out here for like two and a half, three hours, like. You almost hate to say it, but like, man, they're gonna wind this up here pretty soon. Like, I like that. I'm not. I'm not. When you to feel that, like though. you got too much, like, okay, yeah, that team got a good, got a good load. Yeah. Uh, for their spring game, good practice every, load. Every coach is starting to change their 
you know, the definition of a spring game, like you said, they don't even want to call it that sometimes, and also now what the value is of a spring game to your team. Because for every team, it's going to be different. Alabama's approach to the spring game is going to be different than Texas is, and it should be. You're at different yeah. places. <laughs> but even like a, a program like Georgia, like Kirby Smart has talked about the reason why they've had to tweak some things. It's all depth. And the transfer portal has played a big role in that. Because typically, Rod, and you know this, Matt, you've seen it from a fan standpoint. I've seen it from a writer standpoint. Your depth in the spring typically is the worst it's going to be all year. Mm-hmm. Because you've had guys graduate that are out of eligibility. You might have had some guys leave early for the NFL. And you don't have – there's going to be a decent chunk of your recruiting class. Those guys all don't enroll mid-year. Mm. So your numbers are going to be as depleted as they will be at any other – more depleted than they will be at any other time of the year. The flip side of that now is now if you lose guys through the portal, you're you probably more than likely replace that guy with a high school recruit who may not be there, or you might have that spot still available where you're recruiting somebody that's still in the portal and you didn't replace them for spring. So you compound all those things – Depth across college football for the spring, it's as bad as it's ever been. It's crazy. Roster management's a nightmare in a transfer And, and like for Texas, <laughs> with the offensive line, now you throw in to what we reported at Horns 24-7 earlier this week, Andre Carrick has been dealing with an injury. Mm. Now you've got Cole Hudson as a mid-year guy getting reps with the ones. You've got Hayden Connor working a left tackle. You don't have enough scholarship bodies to have a one-and-two offensive yeah, you line. you got walk-ons now. Which yeah, actually in the two deep. Super yeah. problematic if you think about that. Like, that just gives you even more reason to not have the conceptual aspect of a game. And I think that's where, like, mm-hmm. you know, fans, we only get this one portal, so we're expecting to see Texas football for a game. But then once you've watched a handful of spring games, you get what they are. And I really like sort of that concept where the when you have those open periods or you have, you know, a variety of things that will be shown to where you still get to see which players maybe are young guys that can come up but you don't want to have a spring game where you can't even field two offensive lines or you've got certain players on playing on both sides because we've had that happen before and I mean those are the situations that actually could become problematic only because you're trying to fit the uh, concept mm-hmm. of a spring game so I'm glad to see at least you know the coaching staff maybe going outside of what the norm of spring games have been just to be able to make it a productive practice day, especially considering the amount of limited amount of practices like you were saying, Jeff. Because I think with Carrick out, I think that gives you nine healthy scholarship linemen. So yeah. you would have – if Cole Hudson's in the, in the uh, with the ones at right guard, Hayden Connor at left tackle with Angulao, Majors, and Jones, that means you would have Jalen Garth, Logan Parr, Sawyer Gorham Welch, Max Merrill. I think that's it. That's all the scholarship linemen you have available. Unbelievable. Yeah, because you only had 11. Now you're down to nine. You, that's not even enough to have any type of scrimmage. Right. So you can't even go too deep with scholarship bodies. You're having to run walk ons in there. Yeah. And that's if you had them on both sides. Compare that with a defensive line. We know the, at least the depth, scholarship depth for the interior D line and even the edge guys in terms of scholarship guys. And you've moved one of those guys over to the O line. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. Instead nah. of sparing a square, do you have a body to spare? <laughs> Bo D-line, Davis. The D line might Flood. have a couple, but you're right. I didn't man, that that is that makes it really tough on, on Kyle Flood in terms of developing. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean you get hey, those other guys get a lot of reps though. I mean, that's a ton of reps, and that's exactly what some of those guys need to develop. Hopefully they make the best of that. If you're a Texas offensive lineman and you get to camp, you get like a week into camp and one of those freshmen has passed you and your development isn't on a good trajectory and you're suddenly running with the threes, and you try to go into Kyle Flood's office, all he has to do is say, son, you had 15 practices. No doubt. You had a full winter, you had 15 practices, and you had a full summer. A lot of one-on-one time from the coach. If that well, guy's, already, that guy's <laughs> already passed you by, well, yeah. there, there's not a conversation that needs to be had here. Yeah, no, that's a good point because now Kyle Flood's got a way to just, because of the attrition now happening, he can really vet these guys. For real, yeah. If a, if a guy can make a leap, if you project him to be able to make a leap in the offseason and in the fall, uh, you'll know now. Now you'll get a thorough evaluation of each guy, one-on-one time with each guy, whether it be mentally you don't like something about their game or physically because of the fundamentals, technique, whatever, and, and whether it's correctable, something coachable. He should be. We should be able to know that now yeah. after – this unfortunate, you know, kind of the lack of depth now at the offensive line you've had in the spring. That's, man, one, of the, that's one of the benefits. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Why am I remember? I referenced Tom Herman's first spring game. Why do I remember only one offensive line primarily running with the ones and twos that spring? 
Yeah, there was one of those. I remember that at the beginning. Am I right about that? No, that's why I brought it up because yeah. they played for both teams, and that was seemed like something that would be like too yeah. many reps or problematic, possibly. Wow. So you're basically your eleven on eleven. Your eleven on eleven periods. I don't, I don't, you yeah, basically got the that. one offensive line, and then you'll just kind of rotate guys in and out. Forgot about that. Yeah, that's that man. Your your spring depth is already trash anyway, and the portal has just magnified now. Your trash. Yeah, your I'm trash not, no, but I'm not. <laughs> your trash. Your trash. Now your trash is all over the street. Now it's all. <laughs> no, I I think that it it actually could be like I said. It, that could be a benefit of it. That maybe with the extra reps, with the extra attention, the one-on-one coaching you're gonna get. That maybe one or two of these guys they separate. We know when those freshmen come in, you're gonna need not you're gonna need not want you need one or two of those guys to to break to break the depth chart, the two deep. You just gonna need it. I mean, mm-hmm. you just don't have the depth right now. You're gonna have to force the issue. Actually, that's why that it's a good thing when you go back to the signing day press conference. Sark didn't paint himself into a corner. One asked, well, how many of these guys are going to play? Well, I'm not going to rule out the, uh, any of them can play. Or forget what he said. But, yeah, yeah you, you had to keep that option open because he knew what the depth was. Yeah. And that was before a lot of things that happened on the O-line now. And, by the way, <laughs> it was 2018 whenever Texas the 18th only had spring eight game? Uh, okay. players that spring game okay. on the O-line. Thank wow. you, man. The 18th Thanks. spring Good game. job, Matt. Well I knew it was one of those early Herman spring games where they only had one offensive line running through there. Uh, but and by the way, speaking of offensive line attrition, like Tyler Johnson entered the transfer portal and just transferred to U of H, and people that don't follow the Texas program, oh my gosh, how's Texas having an offensive? Tyler Johnson hadn't been with the team since like September yeah, or October, so <laughs> it just, wasn't even. Yeah, fans just don't. Eh, just, yeah. Some there are people in so in the social media world that like shouldn't have access to social media, <laughs> so just you have to ignore most of what you read. You're out there. No, just a quick social media aside. Like, I hate reporting Texas basketball news why? or anything Texas basketball related. You know what? Why? Has nothing to do with Chris Beard of the program. Because the minute I report anything that can be twisted or spun remotely negative about, the, like Devin Askew enters the transfer portal, my mention is just full of Texas Tech fans just ready to pounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I feel like that. just oh, reading the news and then they're just, becoming the Aggies of the modern it. Aggies mm. of the Big Twelve. Like they see the news and just Aggies. gush their pants, can't get to the smartphone or the computer yeah. fast. Like, oh, oh God, Chris Beard left the portal. <laughs> it's like chum in the water, but they probably got their they probably got the alerts ready to go. Anything Chris Beard related, they do. They definitely do. Oh man, hey man, wild. That's wild. But okay, so let's it's get back line. to uh, Texas football in the spring game. Rod, you mentioned Bijan. Mm. Don't want to see much of number five on Saturday. I don't just, need to see him. Yeah, yeah, let's just go ahead and just get the list out. Guys that we probably don't need to see on Saturday. Bijan, don't need to see Bijan. Jordan Whittington. I, I want to see Jordan Whittington. But I yes, 100%. I want to see him, but He's I, reportedly been great in the, in the, in the scrimmages, and I want to see the improvement, but, man, I just – can you just, like, <laughs> put him in a bubble and just like, – Him in the spring <laughs> game would be fool's gold. I, you I, don't I, need it yes, now. I don't – exactly. I don't want to see him – Going up against Enid Perry, maybe it just is some drills, but I, yeah, especially another player trying to make a name exactly, for himself. Yeah, I don't need him going up against Enid player, no. But you're right. So that's one of the players that I want to see, but no, I don't. So you can see, see Jay Witten routes on air, but that's about it. It's a, <laughs> uh, routes on air. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know about routes on air. Just a couple of drills. Okay. So <laughs> Bijan, Jay Witt, uh we don't need to see Xavier Worthy. Do no, we? I was gonna say X Men was my next one too. I don't need to see X Men at all. He doesn't need to prove anything to me. And that's that's uh, probably it. I was gonna say that may be it. I mean, Rojo is probably right there, but Rojo wants to play. Yeah, Rojo, <laughs> Rojo like Rojo reject your option for 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 playing clothes on the sideline. Like, nah, I don't want that. Mm-mm, I'm playing. They yeah, would take away his helmet. He would find somebody else's <laughs> yeah. and just run back just in there. Just go wildcat on everybody. <laughs> oh, we went wildcat the whole time. Rojo cat. Ro- so, uh, I, I think he'd probably be the next guy, baby. Rojo would probably be one of those guys that, like, Kyle Floyd's <laughs> like, oh, I'm out of guards. I'll play guard coach. Son, get over there. <laughs> <laughs> son, you can't. Son, no. It doesn't we make can't sense. have 200-pound guards. No, <laughs> this isn't 1960. Get over there. Uh, no, but I think, I think you're right. I think it stops right there at those three. That's where we are, you know, I mean, as a program. That makes sense, though. Like, getting back to the point. 20 years ago. Can you believe 20 years ago, Rod, was going into your senior year at Texas? Crazy. Whew. 
That, that, uh, that just made me feel old. Thank you for that. Uh, man. <laughs> yeah, it just made why. you feel old. Thank you what you just did to me. My bad. I'm sorry, <laughs> You were like freshmen. Oh, Thanks, Matt. That also helped. <laughs> hey, we're putting ourselves in your peer group. <laughs> yeah, we're all kind of in the, we're all in the same age bracket. But, uh, yeah. no, right to your point, like there was a long list of guys like, well, you don't need to see Chris Sims. I don't really need to see Seth Benson. Roy Williams doesn't need to do a whole lot today. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know why you on defense. You Corey Redding was probably in that category. But they, Corey Redding was like a Rojo, though. And Corey was going to play. Derek Johnson, I don't know. I mean, I guess at that point, Derek Johnson was going to play because he was still young. But hell, man, he's a beast. But there was a mm-hmm. list of like, a, list a of long list of guys. Yeah, like, guys. Yeah, I mean, Nasty pro- Nate was on that list. You need to see Nathan Vash. But let's, let's be honest, too, in reference to the conversation we had just a few minutes ago, that was a different time where your depth in terms of, because keep in mind, like back then, Mac wasn't losing guys early. To the NFL. No, you needed to see, you needed those other guys to get reps, those number two guys. Yeah. Because they were, you're right, you didn't have to transfer a portal. He was stacking depth on depth on depth. Yeah. And that's where <laughs> how fans got a stacking lot of their classes. info. Like, you didn't have the internet. I mean, you had yeah. the internet, but you didn't have this 24-7 news cycle that was updating college players in their practice performance on a day-to-day-to-day yeah. basis. The spring game, you actually go there and you see a few people and you'd be like, oh, wow. That guy might be something next year. Nowadays, we know so much more about these players that they really don't need it for the yeah. information. I mean, your quarterback room in that 2002 spring game mm-hmm. is a pretty loaded quarterback room. That's why I yeah. say, like, Sam's now, you can step to the side. You're good. We need to see these young these young Vince bucks. Young for the Chance first time Mock ever. Chance Mock and Vince Young's in no, there. No, VY wouldn't have been there. Yeah, VY wouldn't have been there. No, he would have uh, been a Chance summer, Mock summer was in that room. room. Nordco. Yeah. Um, you had just Nordco was in that room. Nordco was a high, you know, highly recruited mm-hmm. prospect at the time. So yeah, you had. I mean, you had guys that you needed to see. So I mean, it's the same thing now. You got guys you need to see. And too, the example of that situation of Vince Young would be he would have been an early enrollee if he was around these days, most likely. That but is also th- true. back then it was he was still yeah. in his spring semester of Probably his not, high school. He was a basketball player, so I don't know if he would have enrolled early or not. Just yeah. saying, the top quarterback like Quinn Ewers would be an early. Just you see it so much more the these days. Different. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a good point. Trends are different. Yeah, there Trends weren't early enrollees when I was a senior in high school. No. That was the oddity. You, you might, one you or might two. have like as not, it didn't exist. Nowadays, no, it's the odd. Bigger if you deal don't. with that. The bigger deal at that point was if a guy got there like for the start of summer school. That mm-hmm. was a big deal. Yeah, you were coming. I did. I, well, I didn't go for summer school, but I came in for the off season conditioning program yeah. as a freshman. So guys were doing that. Yeah. Um, so there's a short, so that just kind of tells you where this program is. If you need a refresher on where this program is, just in terms of talented depth, it's a very short list of guys that you don't need to see that you need to see something from. Like, honestly, you could think about DeMarvin Overshow might be one of those guys that you might want to shelve and make sure hey, you don't need to get him injured. But honestly, like, go ahead and let him finish the spring. Like, you need to continue to get a look oh, at yeah, him. He, yeah, he definitely. That inside is. linebacker. Yeah, he's everybody on defense got to play. The more, <laughs> the more, everybody on defense need to play. Good point. Yeah. Thank you, Rod. <laughs> the more in game situations you can simulate for he and Jalen Ford playing together, oh, totally the more agree. it's going to help you. Yeah, no doubt. I, I agree with that 100%. And I love that that's been, you know, all throughout the spring. It's been those two guys is, is what, you know, has been reported by you guys most consistently. It's been Jalen Ford opposite DeMarvio and Overshone. Uh, if they have their two starting off-ball inside linebackers, it would it would go huge. It would be a huge leap forward in solving and remedying a lot of their issues because you're like going back to that central nervous system of the defense being a lot being a lot better with the instinctual players and being better with players who have versatility. Um, we know De- De- Marvin Overshone is that too, but um, I think even going up to the safety position. So not to, I don't know how much improvement you're going to have on defense, but I, they, you can't help but have improvement because it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, J- really Jalen Ford might be having the best spring out of anybody on defense. That's the, yeah, that, that, man, that makes me, I don't know, that gets me titillated. It makes me feel um, real, you know, like I said, optimistic about at least the defense can be – Improved and better than it was last year, and it has to be. Can yeah, we it, go ahead, Matt? Sorry, I was just gonna say if you fill that hole and ha- go from being something where you were like, Man, I have question marks and don't even know where it's gonna come from. We've had walk ons just show up and take that job to actually a guy like performing at or above expectation, you know, barring injury or anything that would just make you feel so much more stable from the front to the back of the defense. Liabilities. Can we have yeah. a Deshaun Jameson conversation again? Of course. <laughs> safety? No, not safety. He's having um, a good spring, I hear. 
Well, making plays. Not until recently. So the Jalen Gilbo news came down last week that we'd heard we'd heard at Horns twenty four seven for a minute uh, that he'd been is not with the team right now, suspended for violation of team rules, still in school, just not with the team. But and Rod, this is again, this program is a walking Alonzo morning gift. Deshaun Jameson apparently got like a this sense of urgency and it's once Jalen Gilbo, who was getting quality reps, mm. once he got out of the mix, apparently that's when Deshaun Jameson started having his best practices of the spring and caps it off in the scrimmage last uh last Saturday. That's a pick six on Quinn Ewers, breaks up a pass against Isaiah Nayor in a goal line period. And I go, right, Deshaun Jameson, sense of urgency. Why did it need to take Jalen Gilbo getting suspended for that sense of urgency to be there? And I know this is going to sound like I'm picking on Deshaun Jameson, but I just I go back to the point with Jameson Rod, and it frustrates me. Like he's too talented of a football player to be a non-factor on your team. I agree with that. I think you're. That's why I love your idea about you know experimenting with him at safety. I mm-hmm. I endorse it 100. percent I still do, even though I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. No, it's but. definitely not going to happen. But I I agree with it because. I think at, at corner, for whatever reason, I'm not sure what it is because I don't think it's something physical. I don't think it's a physical limitation because I think he's got uh, a t- enough physical tools um, for him to be a more consistent player at corner. My problem with Deshaun James, and he's got amazing ball skills. So if he becomes more consistent in coverage, he's going to get his hands on more balls. Mm-hmm. Just because he's got great, once the ball's in the air, he's just got a great ability to be a ball hawk. It's natural to him. It's yeah. And he, he, like I said, he would be in a better position to do that if he was more consistent in coverage, but he's not more consistent in coverage. He, to me, his, his technique oftentimes fails him, especially when he tries to play bump and run because he just wants to be into a track mate and play, flip his hips and run. All right, that's all he wants to do. Turn and run is what he wants to do. Not get his hands on 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 players. Uh, he gets his eyes in the backfield, which I'm saying he's a ball hawk. I get it, but his eyes get in the backfield and he gets mesmerized. He did in that that Arkansas game. Kind of mesmerized what's going on in the backfield. And it's like, dude, you you're in man coverage. What the yeah. hell are you doing? Even <laughs> if you're in cover, even if you're in cover three, but you on the single receiver side, essentially we all know, you know, it deteriorates in a man. Right, mm-hmm. you basically end up in man coverage there. So why the hell are you staring in the backfield? Yes, you sound like the you're explaining Shecky Brown. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. You remember that? <laughs> well, no, but what you're but, saying are the same things yeah. and why he was he like had an all NFL the physical guy. tools exactly, too, right? Yes. Well, the guys all the physical tools. So Deshaun Jameson, yeah, some teams gonna be like, oh man, the guy's got a lot of a great physical tools. Um, but my problem is like his as his, his technique and his fundamentals they fail him way too often. He needs to be more consistent. Like from down to down, they're going to get beat. Everybody knows that. But if he's more consistent in coverage, he's going to make plays on the ball, man, because he's great once the ball's in the air. Mm-hmm. His problem is if he's out of position when the ball's in the air, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about your ball hawk ability. You yeah. ain't Trayvon Diggs. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't be, he's not the guy that can be baiting quarterbacks. I don't think he's that good. And I think he thinks he's that good. Yeah. He thinks he's good enough to bait quarterbacks. You ain't that good. Some guys are that good. I've played with guys that are that good, they are unbelievable. And Trevon Diggs does it. He's amazing that he does Vash- it. But was, he Nathan, was, Nathan Va- was Nathan Vasher that guy? Nathan Vasher could yeah. do that at times and bait quarterbacks. Rod B was not baiting quarterbacks at all. I'm sticky in coverage. Because when I got beat, I was beat. Yeah. No, I, Rod B's not, oh, no, I'm not baiting the quarterback. No, I got beat. Yeah. <laughs> I may have some great makeup speed, but no, I got beat. I was not <laughs> trying to bait a quarterback. Never in my life have I done that. Uh, but some guys do it. Trevon Diggs, what, he also gives up more yards than any other cornerback in the yep. NFL. Because, hey, man, I'm taking risks. He's, a, he's gambling out there. I'll take those guys. My boy, Deshaun James, says you're not that guy yet. Maybe you can become that guy, but you need to focus on just being consistent with your technique from down to down. If he does that, he will become – he could be an all-big 12 – uh, all conference corner. He does. He, I mean, he has that yeah. kind of raw ability. Yeah, he he could have like a six, seven interception type year. But the brain farts from him, whether it be the technique or whether it be, you know, the, uh, the like I said, the fundamentals with him, eyes in the backfield, crazy things. It's just, I, yeah, 
it, it frustrates me watching them. When you explain, though, that type of skill set, those are the type of players that really can go from being somebody that's like, say, subpar at one point of the career to being somebody that's so over expectation. Yeah. And, you know, a lot, you'll focus, hear all man. the best like, teams focus. talking about like, yeah, we know you have this elite skill, but you just need to focus on the little things on a consistency basis. And it's like a way like you'll see a lot of pitchers that have great stuff, but ass- you're nibbling yeah, on like corners and you mm-hmm. aren't throwing strikes. So what's happening? You're throwing balls, you're walking people, then you're giving up hits, you're giving up. But then if you're able to just be able to do the, with that elite stuff and just focus on the fundamentals and keeping that ball in the strike zone, your stuff will take care of it and get those out. So you can see a pitcher go from being somebody with a horrible ERA because he's barely missing on pitches outside of the strike zone when he's unnecessarily needing to do that because if you just focus on the few fundamental aspects, your stuff's so good that then you will be able to rise and be superior and you'll see a pitcher go from being a guy that you know will grade out below average to a guy that can become elite in one offseason or in two offseasons and young players have it I mean you'll see entire teams have that happen the way a team like the Phoenix Suns have done that and you see other teams that can take that jump and it's a lot of the time is just focusing on that consistency and not giving your opponent the outs and you're giving them those outs in those situations and they're able to then take advantage of it and it doesn't matter that you were superior most of the time your mistakes are amplified and then beat. Great point. Totally, I love I love that analogy. Rod, I think we've had this conversation, but since we're on the topic of corners and Deshaun Jameson, I want to have this conversation with you. And it's about Deshaun Jameson, like you said. Fig- it goes back to the Dwayne Aquina conversation you said mm-hmm. you had with him in your career. Like, look, I can I can give you the tools, but I can't tell you how to use them in certain situations. Yeah. And for corners, based on your skill set, based on your body type, based on how you see things, everybody's got to kind of figure out their own way. And I mention this because – I think about your football career and the great corners you've been with, right? You played with Quentin Jammer at Texas. You played with Nathan Vasher at Texas and the NFL. Mm-hmm. You were around Peanut Tillman, Dre Bly, Champ Bailey, yep. Rondé Barber. You were around some great, like, Hall of Fame-level corners. Never rubbed off on me that I was around. <laughs> but but <laughs> I, I, I bring that up because you watch these guys work. All those guys I mentioned, they were all different. They were all very All different. of them did it in different yeah, ways. I totally agree. That's a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that Deshaun James, he's got enough of those tools, but he's got to be the one to put them together consistently. And like I said, you, if he can do it from down to down, and I think a lot of it starts with his technique and his fundamentals initially with the alignment and the assignment right there with him. Like I said, when he plays bump and run, oftentimes you'll see him, his, <laughs> he'll drop his hands uh, and he'll lock his hips He's just so many different things that put him behind the eight ball initially. And then, okay, from that point on, the receiver just has got to stack you um, and then figure out a way to separate. And he shouldn't be able to do that because you actually have as much, if not more, athletic data points than that guy you're facing. But your fundamentals are so lacking at times, they put you at a disadvantage. Uh, Same thing happens when he's playing, like, off cover. Like I said, he gets mesmerized from what I've watched, mesmerized in the backfield watching. Yes, you you know, three-step drop, you want to watch it, I get it. And you want to read the quarterback and then read the route combinations, I get that too. But at one point, your eyes have to snap back to that wide receiver and locate him. And now some guys, and these guys are blessed, (laughs) because I've seen them do it, uh, they see the periphery. So they, they they can literally stare at the quarterback and out of their periphery vision, they can locate the wide receiver. Robbie mm-hmm. couldn't do it. I could. I Those saw are the guys things that like it. Tom Brady does. Yeah, eyes I down saw. Children. I saw exactly right. Yes, you see. You saw the Matt Stafford throw. He's mm-hmm. looking. He's looking at the the safety or the yeah. linebacker. No look throws and no look throws. I mean, some guys they have that guy. Champ them. Bailey is one of those. Like guys. I said, I played with guys that were able to do that. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, Dre Bly. Dre Bly was brilliant at playing off coverage and almost being able on a kind of triangular, you know, being able to uh, look at the quarterback and also see the receiver. And then also out of his other periphery vision, mm-hmm. being able to watch maybe the number two receiver in the route combination. And he's just kind of looking at these, this entire and macro. he's computing them all at the same time. And watching everything develop and almost trying to, in his brain, get a coach's view mm-hmm. of it. 
from mm-hmm. a cornerback. It is freaky. I trust me. I watched it. And I was like, Blizz, what did you do there? Why were you? Why, did you read number two or were you in quarterback? He's like, Yeah, man, don't do what I do. And I was like, Okay. That's <laughs> right, so what Draymond Green right, says all the time. Yeah, Draymond like, Green does the same thing. Like, don't don't do what I do. That's I I can do that. I'm like, so what? Are you, and I found out. I was like, What are you reading? He's like, I'm reading all of them. I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading the quarterback. Wow. Also reading number two. And I'm, I got number one located, and based on he and based on the route combination, he would almost be able, almost. It's crazy how you compute, um, you know, all, what the likelihood or odds would be of a certain uh-huh. route combination. Yeah. He would start doing that in his brain. Yeah, and computing like, oh, so if this guy run, if he if he's got a if the if the if the slide receiver is running a six route. There's a likelihood that you know this guy on the outside is gonna run either a post or it is. It was freaky based the on way the film study explain, and everything that he had. And he's watched, doing that on the fly. He's doing that while he is computing the play and With almost multiple like players I said, guessing at the time wow. <laughs> what the route's gonna be, and that's how he get a jump on it because, because he's ex- watching the quarterback. So if the quarterback, the quarterback doesn't go through the three step or does go through the three step, he's matching it up with the route combinations they like to run with the formation and the uh, the the with the down and the distance and their trend. Mm-hmm. And their tendencies and weaknesses, and then think to himself, "Oh, this guy's running out. Yeah. Oh, this dude's gonna run the curl. Oh, he's gonna run the post. You know, you know what? So the, you like, explain. Well, well, I'm not doing. I'm not gonna do that. I can't do that because you've explained how that. hard it is to do. I that. I have to read like what coach? I got to read the, Exactly. I got to. I got to go from the quarterback, a sneak peek for the three step. Then I'm going to the number two, and then I can read number. Then identify number one and get on him because I didn't know. I know. Okay. Well, I'm not. I don't have to worry about number two is away, so I don't have to worry about him, and now I can focus on number one. I have to go through those steps, and I got to do it in the two, three seconds that he's dropping back and they're running the route. And Dre Bly is exponentially years mentally ahead of where I was, and I was like, well, I can't do that. And there's some guys in the league that are doing that. Yeah. There's some, except, but everybody's got their own way of doing it. Everybody's not doing that. But some guys, they can compute the game. They're like Neo in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't one of those guys. All, everybody's tied together. Everybody's and different. you can see, yeah. the, but they, they're seeing the That's why I like man coverage. Because man coverage was simple. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, was, it was simple. Some, and that's what I'm saying. And they get into pattern matching. And they get into the zone man principles. They're doing some freaky stuff up there, man. They're like, well, Dre Black, and we can put him on the zone side. Because he basically can end up covering more ground. Because look at the way he's reading routes. He's like, Coach, no, I can jump that, that inside route for you. If if you can give me an underneath defense, I can jump that inside route. I can I can jump that 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 over. I can jump it. And it's like, what the hell? He, what? It's like next level. Like, it's next level, dude. It's like, like I said, it's next level. And I, I realized that I was like, oh, I got no shot. I so got, I got no chance. And I was getting hurt, and I was like, I got no chance. Well, because when you were talking about deducing a play, like you're consumed with the guy in front of you, and you're able to at least read the different, yeah. you know, steps. And think about doing that with Tyreek Hill in front of you. But then to be able to do that, and, <laughs> okay. and in your that's periphery. What, that's why Tyreek Hill screws all that up. You know, and I was watching Dre Blyde against Randy Moss mm-hmm. do some of this freaky stuff. Yeah. And that's because of Randy Moss. And I was like, that's just, you know, some guys, they're just at a different level. You need to recognize what level you are on and what you're like. I was good at man coverage, right? I was great mm-hmm. at man coverage. It was awesome because I could, the steps were easy for me. They were easy. It was like, okay, well, I have to just reroute the right receiver. I got my leverage. What's my leverage? Am I outside, inside? Okay, right? You're, you're, you're outside leverage. All right, I'm outside leverage. That means I got help. Yeah, you got help. What's my help? Oh, my help. Help's going to be a whole player. All right, so I got help on the slant. I got help on the, I got help on the curl, help on the slant. If I talk to the linebacker, I tell him, hey, uh, you just, Get, take away the slant and take away the curl. I got everything else. If he runs the the six route, if he keeps going across the field, I got him. I got that. I got time to recover. I can do that. I'm fast enough. I can do that. Playing the outside leverage, right? All of those different things. And like, this is this is stuff you got to process in your head. So I was good at the man coverage because it was it was simple. It's a lot simpler for me. Um, but if I'm inside leverage, also simpler. I got the sideline. Sideline is my other man. Sideline is my other man. But then you can go through the steps in your head. If you want to do a drop step, you can do a check step. You can, you know, some guys like to rush them. You know, they like to try to bump what they call bum rush. I mean, remember Dion used to have his his, his back foot back. Mm-hmm. Dion stance would have the back foot back, and he just try to bum rush guys. And sometimes you can throw guys off by like, oh man, they, the, the wide receiver gets freaked out. All you need is a split second, and I can reroute him. Get my hands on him. Once I get my hands on him, I can control him. Then I can control whether he's going inside or whether he's going outside. You know, and then you can play them. You can play underneath them, or you can play over the top of them, or try to. And then you got your techniques, right? Are you gonna look and lean and try to find the ball? Or are you gonna play his eyes? You are gonna play his hands? You gonna, you know, the hips don't lie. So always make sure you got the hips. If you're gonna try to locate the receiver and look away, 
locate his hips and try to, it's almost kind of freaky. He's trying to feel his hips. Sometimes it's, as you're running, literally, I'm mm-hmm. grabbing at his strings on his pants. And like, yeah. I got this. I got I got him. I got him. I got the hips. I mean, these are all things you can kind of go through, the steps in your head. But you, if you miss a step, you got to know, all right, I missed a step. So... I may be behind, and if you get, say, I'm trailing the receiver, then what's your plan? What's your panic plan? Because 50% of the time, you're going to be beat. And then those What's your are, panic plan when you're beat? When you when you lock your hips, what are corner, you going to do? Yeah. When you, are you going to you know, flip your hips? You're going to open your hips? When you're beat, what do you do? And some guys don't have – and I think Deshaun Jameson does not have a panic plan. When he's well, beat. and in these situations where we're talking about, like you're talking about the depth that comes in to once you actually have, say – you know, your job and you've earned your spot on the field and you have a defense that you've worked together. It's like right now Texas is at the point where we are just trying to fill holes. It's like why we felt if Jalen Ford is somebody that's important or going to be somebody you can rely on, once you get to that point and have five guys you can rely on, you can start to be able to fill that on-field chemistry with one another. Because like all these things you're help. talking about are things totally that are – Texas is just striving to get to a point – to fill out the roster and yeah. be satisfactory. Agreed. And then you can add on and build these type of chemistry yes. and layers True. that a, te- a secondary actually plays together as a unit and trust. Yeah. And, like, that's where Texas hasn't been able to get to for the past, say, four or five years on defense because you've just been trying to fill these holes. And if you can get a guy that's stable and a guy like Jamison and a, a linebacker who comes out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but that you now can rely on can, and can be yeah. a connective tissue that you can talk about in that nervous system of the defense or if, say, Jamison can be a guy at safety. Once, like, once you just get to fill out these spots, these guys can start to form that chemistry because the depth of what they need to do to be successful on every play is so detailed that, like, Texas can't even aspire to get there yet. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. You're right. Um, no, I, I like going there, Rod, because like, you, like I said, you play oh, with a, great stuff. a different variety of guys. Like, there haven't been that many guys that have played this game that were just as physically gifted as like a Chan Bailey. Exactly, freaks. You know, man. yeah, the freaks. Uh, but like you said, Dre Bly was a guy that just had next level intuition and football exactly IQ. Exactly what it is. Uh, well, like another guy you played with that I, that I mentioned. People talk about, oh, you know, to, to have a successful Tampa 2, you need a drop linebacker like Derek Brooks and a three-tech like Warren Sapp. Man, you also – Rondé Barber was a really big part of that too. Man, his technique in the cover too, being able to reroute the right receiver and get to – man, can I tell you how many times at the practice, coach – like I said, my coaches, man, with the Bucks, that was an all-time great room. Uh, you had – Mike Tomlin was the DB coach. I believe Monty Kiffin was the DC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we had Raheem Morris was like our GA. quality control GA, whatever. Also in that room, man, it was loaded. And we <laughs> used young to McVay was and on the, the reps, dude. They would. It was so specific about your alignment and how you would reroute the route receiver and immediately have to identify number two and get to a specific spot on the field in your for your cover two alignment. Based on you know where the ball was, and I remember sometimes I was be like, "Damn it, Babers, get to this spot!" I'm like, "I thought I did. I thought I got <laughs> to the race way." He's like, "No, you didn't." I'm like, "What the hell, man!" Like, it, and it was it just it, it, they I would stay at the practice and did it on my own. That's that's when Coach Gruden was out there watching me, yeah. right, trying to do it, trying to fit, trying. I'm like, "All right, reroute, uh, get to the spot." Like I was out there working my technique on my own uh, with Coach Tom, just trying to figure it out. And I just remember how specific they were about that because I also. Uh, was with Lovey with Lovey Smith, right? And Lovey Smith was in Chicago, oh, yeah, Chicago. also running that Tampa two system. And you know he they were they were really really specific. And coach Coach Ron Rivera was the DC there. They were really specific because and you know also another great Tampa two corner, Peanut Tillman. Yeah, you get being able to reroute guys and then get to that specific spot on the field. Do you care? Are you carrying the number two receiver if they're gonna run smash concepts and all this kind of stuff? Like. It was, man, it was fun as hell. Now I look at back on it, but I do remember a lot of getting yelled at about not getting to the specific right spot. I'm like, what the hell? Why is it this specific? Why am yeah. I trying to get, and those I are, get it's it, almost, but it was almost too specific. It's almost like, like okay, the like, way. Y'all, y'all too rigid about this. The, the, way the, t- the way the Tampa 2, from what you're saying, and I promise, folks, we'll get back to Texas spring football in a second. The way you talk about the, how the Tampa 2 guys preach defense, it's almost like going back and listening to how Bill Walsh and his guys coached the West Coast offense. Oh, that's a good like point. Bill Walsh would talk about, yeah. and I, I heard him say this, I think it was in the Football Life documentary, and Steve Young would talk about this. He's like, if you watch Joe Montana's feet, his feet will tell you exactly 
what plays were like yeah. where the route's going, yeah. where the ball's going, that, that what makes his sense. reads are. That's, if you just watch Joe's feet, because that's what they they were they were freaks about. Like, oh, Robbie, you open, you got to open the hips this way. I'm like, what the hell? I got I got to the spot. Now you're mad about the hips, and I'm getting there. Just, but they were really specific about it, and that's why I, I do remember that. And man, it's just, but the, the NFL is about that, man. Once you master the technique. You know, and if you if you don't, if the fundamentals don't, they won't fail you, all right. But you got to be consistent with those fundamentals, yeah. down to down. Yeah. When you're tired, when you're and when you're going up against the best other, you know, the best in the world at what they do. That's really the challenge. When Doing all that with Tyreek Hill running running right at you. Uh, you know what, Coach? I, I'm sorry, I forgot about you know my technique a little bit because I was trying to cover this freak who was running at me running a four two. <laughs> That's yeah, the only talking about those spots. Like I've heard so many NBA coaches be talked about, like how unique, like the whole difference between Budenholzer and having kid before, and why the Bucks became what they were. Mm-hmm. It was like first day of practice, he had the X's for the spots on the court, yeah. the players to be, yep. and he was maniacal. And yep. they said he's too obsessive compulsive. But like the same Get thing it. you see with. Uh, Monty Kiffin and mm-hmm. all these Spurs disciples, Taylor Jenkins with Memphis, like these guys, they're down to this specific science of the sport, yep. and it really exactly does right. matter. It does matter. All this matters. ties into getting back to the spring game. Corner, the secondary is the one position group that I want to watch, maybe more than any other position group on Saturday. Yeah, I want to see Jaday Barron. I've been with, with all the cross training that's going on this spring, yeah. is, has Deshaun Jameson turned a corner? And by the way, like everything we're saying, if Deshaun or his family listens to this podcast and say, oh, you guys are picking on Deshaun Jameson. No, what I'm saying is, I again, repeating myself, he's too good a football player to be as much of a non-factor as he was last year. Yeah. He's too good. He was a liability. Actually. He's got to figure out. To, to The reason why I brought up those guys, Champ Bailey, Peanut Tim, and Rondé Barber, they all did it a different way. Deshaun Jameson's got to figure out through film study mm-hmm. and a, a stern, strict self-evaluation of who he is as a player. Yeah, right. He has to figure out his plan. What, what do you do? What do you do well? Like, yes. What's your strength? And once you, do fi- once you figure that out, listen, the coach, he's going to push you towards your strength because he wants you to be successful because that's going to help him be successful. Um, so I couldn't tell you honestly. I could not. I, I think he's a better zone coverage corner than a man coverage corner. But that's in press man. If he's playing off man, you know, I I think he just he has he has issues. Like I said, with the discipline of his eyes, his eye discipline, which is also something that sometimes you end up watching when you need to be, you know, reading. <laughs> I'll I'll give you a prediction right now. A, a way too early prediction for next year when we're talking about the draft. Deshaun Jameson will be on the Dallas Cowboys 53-man roster as a safety because he's exactly Ooh. he is exactly wow. the kind of safety that the Cowboys like. They're not going to invest a lot of draft capital in him. Wow. He's a position conversion. Mm-hmm. They'll see the ball skills and think, hey, on a cheap, we can make this guy a really good safety. Man, that's a bold statement there. No, no, I'm, gonna say, I I'm, not, that. I'm not opposed to him being a safety. I'm just talking about specifically, you get specific to the Cowboys. Yes. Which, because the, we know when's they, the last time the Cowboys invested a lot no, of draft capital or free agency money in safety? Will. No, they don't. They think that's one of actually one of the positions you can get a kind of a bargain basement uh, deal on. And it worked out for them this past year, though, with Malik Hooker, uh, J. Run Curse. That was a good yeah. – no, the J. Run Curse move was that, – that was one of the best value. They played him less than a million dollars. Yeah. And that dude was like one of the top five – there's 10 best safeties in the league last year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's great value. But it usually does not work out for them. I mean, right. it, it usually yeah. it blows up in their damn face. Uh, but no, it's a guy like that. But I, I, I love your hymnus because I love that we talk about, you know, Quandre Diggs and, you know, skill set not always matching your, you know, your, your physical, you know, whatever it is, right? Your, what, whatever your measurables may be, right. not always matching your skill set. And Quandre Diggs is one of those guys eventually found his home at safety. Sean Jameson might be the same guy, man. And maybe Anthony Cook has found his home as, as a safety, playing some of that boundary safety. Uh, because, Rod, again, you were you, we talked about him. He was a guy that kind of the opposite of Deshaun Jameson, a technician, he wasn't but a maybe just didn't have the physical skills that translated well to corner. I think he could have played corner. I just think he yeah, it ended up in – some strange situations. I think he got disconnected for a while, which obviously did went to transfer. You know, the portal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think he just needed a kind of a new start somewhere, and safety ended up being that. Remember last year, Nickel, he might have been your most consistent player in the second year. I think he was, yeah. Right? So I think he could still cover a corner, but I'm with you, he might end up having a breakout year because all, it's a perfect storm now. He's he's happy. Uh, he'll be his second year in the system. He's going to be a leader now, all those things, and now he may flourish in his path. And I'll tell you what it, what really reminds me of 
when I played, so many of my damn memories in this Longhorn Blitz, and I hate it. it sucks. Uh, oh, I like <laughs> but, it. I dig it. I know, but when I when I played, remember when they moved Nathan Vasher and Ahmad Brooks to safety? The beauty of it was our our safeties could cover, like they were co- they were corners. So when they put them against a, a tight end or you know a slot receiver. Or, you know, a running back, like it really was. It was they usually had the advantage there because they were corners who knew how to cover. They were not uncomfortable with that. Same thing with Anthony Cook. You're gonna be able to spin him down. Keith or Keaton Crawford in there too. Moving from yeah, corner right. To you safety. got corners there, and you're gonna be able to spin those guys down and just have them cover. Like that's gonna be a huge advantage because you're trying to win the numbers game. And now that Jaday Barron is cross trained at yeah, the star position right? with corner. Yeah. You you could have five DBs on the field. Who can all cover? They can all cover, and that's that. You was, could not say that about last year's defense. You could not, and I think remember Shark said one of the things he he was really, really I think pretty you know blatant about talking about was the football IQ last year and the lack thereof. And I think you improved the football IQ uh, when you move Anthony because the football IQ is really about communication and you know getting guys in you know in the right spot. And they've been talking about Anthony Cook asserting himself as that guy, communicating in the secondary, getting guys moved around. But when you also cross-train, you cannot cross-train with low football IQ. Getting guys to you know to know what others on the field, what their responsibilities are, it does improve the overall football, football IQ. You'll have guys getting guys lined up like, oh, right, no, no, man, they don't. You, no, no, man, you inside, you inside, you inside, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I forgot, you're right, you're right. They in trips, they in trips, my bad, my bad. Like, you know what I mean? Guys are talking it through. They're, they're solving problems on the field because they know the system well enough to be able to do that. So I actually, I think the football IQ will be improved and more speed. He said he wanted more speed uh, basically on the defense period, but he really is talking about the central nervous system, your safeties. Turns out I know Brendan Schooler actually tested out really well, uh, but the truth is you didn't have a lot of – it seemed like your safety position lacked speed last year. It didn't translate. It didn't translate at all. Anthony Cook – I think it will because football IQ improves speed because you'll be in the right place, right? You'll be able to diagnose plays faster. Same see, thing with see Jerry Rice. Yeah, yeah, amen, brother. Thank you. <laughs> and Keen Crawford, I mean, he he's actually a, a speed guy. He's a fast guy. So I think that improves too. So, I, you know, I, I like the fact that they got they're, – they're, they're prioritizing coverage, I think, now in the secondary, which they didn't have enough of last year. Yes, and that, that cannot be oversold. Like, that means so much because yep. you know, you, like, you would like to not be in uncomfortable situations or be put somewhere where you are at a disadvantage, but you will be in every game and in certain situations. It just happens across all football teams. Exactly. So in those situations, at least you have a guy you can trust, can cover no matter who he's up against. And that wasn't able to be said in years past, and those can be those glaring holes that you get beat on, and you just can't do anything about it, at least in this situation. In those uncomfortable spots, you'll have somebody that has the skill set that you prefer to have yeah. in there. No, I like that. I want to talk before, as we get ready to wrap this up, I want to talk about of guys to watch in this game. And look, we've talked a lot about throughout the spring about things we like, things we don't like, the defense, the offense. We've talked about the whole bit. The cl- the recruiting class, and this ties into all of it, the recruiting class that's going to make or break Sark's tenure, in my opinion, is the 2020 class. Very, well, I heard this is good. Very similar, and, and I, I, I say this for a couple of reasons. One, those guys are in their third year in the program. And, again, the three of us have seen it long enough. By year three, you either need to make the ascent to where you're a starting caliber player or you're getting recruited over. That's just the Simple as yeah. I know that's harsh, but that's that's the reality of the All situation. All across the country, yep. you, can't, you can't escape that anyway. Right. <laughs> a very very rarely the the John Harris's of the world are the exception, not the rule. Of yeah. guys that just yeah. kind of hang out and then as a, as a fifth year. year senior, boom, I have a thousand yard season. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. Yeah. Usually these guys, there's a linear trajectory. Yeah, now you can't count on those. Now yeah. you have some guys in this class, and I say that. So there's that part of it. The other part is think about Tom Herman's tenure. And when we talk about coming off of that 18 season when it felt like things were on a, a good trajectory. Mm-hmm. But you get to the 19 season and all of a sudden we're hearing concerns about depth. There are holes in the pipeline. All that goes back to that 2016 recruiting class that was a high attrition class. Oh, no. Charlie Strong's last full cycle mm. for Tom Herman's third year mm. was a high attrition class. And as you look at this 2020 class, like we know, we've talked about the. You have to anticipate. You got one more year with B. John Robinson. That's you it. have to anticipate that this That's is it. it. Mm-hmm. When I'm gonna run down some guys, I'm uh, hold hold at the end for applause, and just think about these guys and how pivotal they are 
not only to to watching them on Saturday and how they've developed, but in the grand scheme of things, how critical these guys are to what Sark wants to get done. Hudson Card, Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, Prince Dorba, Keaton Crawford, Jaron Thompson, Jake Majors, Troy O'Meary, Jalen Garth, Logan Parr, Galvante Dixon, Jade Barron, Andre Carrick, Dejon Harrison, Jaden Hullaby, Sawyer Gorham Welch, Jalen Ford. Yeah, you got a lot of guys we just six, talked about. Six starters in that group, some close to that. Six, seven starters in that group. Maybe? And I, I like this, I like this group because a guy like Jaden Hullaby. We talk about re, can you? How many guys can you repurpose? Jaden Hullaby wasn't working a linebacker, so what do they do? See if he can flip him to running back. We're going to lose Rojo after this year. Maybe he can be that guy. Mm-hmm. Jaden Hullaby was a high school quarterback. Maybe he can be kind of our wildcat. our bigger tailback, wildcat guy. Mm-hmm. Can do some different things with him. Repurpose that scholarship. Yep. See if you can maximize it. Like Sawyer Gorham Welch, same thing. Pretty deep on D-line. He's probably not going to crack the two deep. Guess what? We don't have enough bodies. Get it. Teach him to snap. See if he can be an interior O-line guy for That's us. That's a spring game guy. I like that. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of these guys, Dejon Harrison, Kelvante Dixon, you won't see Troy O'Meary on Saturdays. He's recovering from the knee deal. Mm-hmm. But those two guys, man, if they show you something on Saturday, yeah, you need some depth at wide receiver. Well, there's there's a reason why. Chart anything chart which players are doing something new during spring game. There's that's a, something worth watching. There's a reason why a guy like Ajayi Hall from Alabama is suddenly trending to Texas and why the staff, why they felt like receiver still a need. They don't feel like they have enough. Yep. He's been saying it all spring. Because I, you, I, and I like what Sark is doing with that too because he's saying, look, you, you can't. This offense can't go to crap if Jordan Whittington gets hurt. It just can't be that. Yeah. It can't be that much of a house of cards. You can't depend it. You that can't a Whittington injury is going to cause everything to crumble yeah. like it did you last year. You just lost year. when you lost Jordan Whittington last year. You lost a, a the layering of the offense. You 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 had a, he added multi he had he made you a multi dimensional offense. Mm-hmm. You almost lost dimensions. You it became un- you went from four D down to to two D. It locks without your offense him. into certain yeah, aspects exactly. whenever he can't be that versatility piece. Yep. Amen. Jalen Garth on the offensive line. Uh, Purdy had a rough scrimmage going against Justice Finkley on Saturday. Speaking of young guys to watch, Finkley's one on the defensive line. But though that 2020 class, I, I would encourage anybody listening to this, go to Horns 24-7, go to the football recruiting tab, go to the commits list, and then on the drop-down menu, pick 2020. Just bookmark that page. Hell, print it, print it out. We got the printer-friendly format on there. Print it out, take it with you to the game, to the spring game on Saturday, and just track how many of those guys look like they can be positive contributors for this team in the fall. Yeah. Because not only are you going to need those guys to be depth guys for the 22 season, by the time you get to the 23 season, a healthy portion of those guys need to be starting caliber players. Otherwise, you're going to get to 23 and be like, oh, wow, suddenly this team is a couple injuries away from being in a world of hurt from a depth standpoint. And how do you avoid that? Where the previous two coaches got, how do you avoid that? You gotta maximize this twenty twenty class, what's left of it. Yeah, I like that. The repurpose. That's the word, the word of the year, the offseason anyway. I like mm-hmm. that. It's good stuff. I appreciate that, Rod. It's good stuff. Uh what's the one I borrowed from you? Oh, the uh structural integrity. Structural integrity, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that word. That's another good word this offseason. They're trying to assure it up. This offseason, we'll see. We'll see more of it in the spring game. Uh, real spring quick, practice, whatever parting shot. One thing you're looking for in the spring game. Matt, what is it? I guess it would be which players are playing outside their comfort zone. Mm. Like something new. Which guys are you maybe seeing doing something they haven't done before? Right. Rod B., what is it for you? I hate to be this guy, but I'm watching QBs. QBs in secondary are probably mine too. QBs yeah. in secondary. It's, uh, secondary, edge, and tight end for me in that order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tight ends will be fun to watch, too. They'll be interesting to see if they do something with the tight ends. I've been hearing good things about the group. A vertical route? <laughs> they, I've been hearing that Jatavion Sanders is running wheel routes downfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, man. Jaleel Billingsley been doing it, too. Yeah, I would say that's way more than they was running last year. So. so I didn't mean to get into a football philosophy conversation on corners, but we had the Deshaun Jameson conversation. No, and it was good. It was uh, fun. The third member of our team here has a knowledge base with that position, unlike anybody else you could possibly hear in the Texas market. So, eh, 
It's a good little conversation, Rod. I appreciate you, you letting me rant, man. Thank you for getting into that knowledge yes. base. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right. Uh, we will be back next week to wrap up the spring game and really get going into the offseason. Uh, Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049 AM1260, streaming on that Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B and Mike Harge each and every weekday on Bald on Life from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives. Our classic interviews and shows are available on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcasts. Click that follow button to get every episode of the flagship State of Recruiting and Longhorn Blitz when it drops on Tuesday afternoons. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. Been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.